I'm Tim. And today we are recapping for you Married at First Sight, Season 16, Episode 15. 15. Whiskey and No No. Uh, and as I'm sure whether you remembered it from our last podcast episode or just were bummed out when an episode didn't come out this weekend, we are not going to be covering in depth episode 14. We were both very involved in our best friend's wedding this last weekend. Tim was an officiant. He killed it. I was a maid of honor. And there was just no world that we were going to be able to keep up with the pod this past week. So thanks for your patience. Hope you survived without us, but we're back. Don't worry. Uh, And yeah, we're not going to like go too much into depth. To be honest, I'm going to go out on a limb and say we didn't miss much. With sex boxes? Yeah, which is shocking because I love sex basket week typically. but. It was just like we watched it and I found it to be insanely uneventful and really just kind of like depressing and awkward because it's like, oh, cool. We finally have an expert here with 14 days to go. And she's it's like every single sesh was so painful for the most part, besides Nicole and Chris, because it's so obvious these couples are too far gone. And it's just. Yeah, I don't know. I don't feel like we missed a whole lot. Everyone, including this week, is too far gone. Yeah. Well, that's the pod for you. Um, <laughs> it's been great. There's no hope. <laughs> Nicole and Chris we'll are all stars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would venture to say that we all feel similar, which is that like you're just to that point in the season where it's like hard for it to be fun anymore to watch them just repeat their shitty patterns and like the couples without hope don't have more hope. And it's the same conversation over and over again, the same too little too late from the experts. It's just like, it's kind of a bummer. Like you kind of hope there. I feel like some of this is typical of these more long seasoned love shows, you know? Yeah. But some of it is more specific to this season. I mean, I feel like even in San Diego, we at least knew we had surprises in store for this couple's retreat. Mm -hmm. Like even as far out as the couple's retreat, there was still some relationships like up in the air. Yeah. And it just doesn't feel that way right now. And I'm just relieved we get a couple's retreat next week for the sake of like content, just entertainment value of getting to watch the group together. But even that I'm like, It's not like there's really anything to be revealed. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's kind of where we're at in the season and this specific city in particular. It's just kind of toil would be the word I would use to describe it. Toil. (laughs) So let's. uh, Oh, I guess a few housekeeping things. This is just your reminder that it takes like hours a week to produce this and it is not a main source of income in any way, shape or form. But if you are enjoying listening on a regular basis and you want to contribute to the pod, to us being able to like get ice cream teas before we 
edit or something. <laughs> Things of that um, nature. You can go in the show notes to our buy me a coffee link and contribute there. And this is also your reminder that the person who leaves the 90th review on Apple Podcasts will get a sung shout out. That's right. We're singing. A sung shout out. I don't want anyone to forget about that. So uh, act accordingly. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but really, uh, the more reviews we get in there, the more visible we are to more people, the more people join in and can listen every week. We are not sponsored. We are not behind paywalls. Like this is real deal. Grassroots from zero is in just us two. So every review matters. Every dollar matters. Like it all goes a long way because we're just two little people in a big world, a big podcast world. I think I hit it all. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into it. Okay. Let's start with Kirsten and Shaq. So I will mention the prior episode because it's necessary to sort of set us up for what we're jumping into here. So and like the way that we find out what appears to be the facts of this, I do have to say it's pretty convoluted and chaotic. Yeah, there's a lot of he said, she said there's going on There's terrible communication between these two. And I honestly think my overarching view might be that Shaq actually kind of fucked this one up. Are we uh, talking about the trip? Yeah. The work so, trip, yeah. But I, I'm a little like, wow, Shaq, like you were really comfortable presenting this from the get go when you were pissed as like me and Kirsten agreed that she was coming on this trip. And at the very last second, while I am finishing dipping up my suitcase, she informs me she will not be coming and made a bunch of plans instead. And like it was heartbreaking. And you're like, what not to fuck? mention like that's really fucked up throwing in the. She's out there in the streets. Right. And I'm like, whoa, bro. Like, well, so that, just, when that's you, pretty aggressive. When you first hear this, you're like, oh, my God, Kirsten. And you're kind of like, well, we kind of like, you know, it's not like we haven't had couples before where you find out later, like, oh, they were really shitty and kind of living a second life. And so you're like, oh, is that what this is? But then as this plays out more into this episode, I'm pretty sure that like because he does not argue her and he basically clarifies in after party that indeed he never formally invited her and like made sure she was coming with him what i'm gathering is they had a conversation about how he has this work trip coming up she said i want to come i would love to come she apparently said something like that he took that as it's official, it's in writing, blah, blah, blah. Proceeds to like book the hotel and plan the weekend as if she's coming, but he never brings it up at all, never asks for confirmation. If anything, low key, I feel like he was testing her a little bit. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure that's what she, she said she wanted to do that. So let's see if she really does. Yeah, exactly. But it's like. That's silly, Shaquille. That's ridiculous. Like, these are logistical plans. Like, yeah. they need to be confirmed. I mean, and it's, I don't know. Like, I also wouldn't pass put it past Kirsten that she made that comment. And then she was spending the whole time waiting for him to, like, explicitly pursue her and be like, will you please come with me on this weekend? Yeah. And it's all a bit silly. 
right? But like, this is a thing in relationships. And it's, I mean, they're just like the perfect example of two people who like have their entire own set of um, silent expectations in their head. And like, they're constantly testing each other. And then they fail each other's silent tests, which then confer- affirms them in like, see, they don't even care. And then they pull away. And then you know, it's just like this cycle. And it's, de- and it's discouraging that we're over six weeks into this. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, we have to ask for things explicitly here. Yeah. You know, mind reading is the worst place to be. Yeah. You know, and there was a little bit of mind reading in Nicole and Chris's relationship. Mm-hmm. They obviously handle it a lot better, but it's not, it's no fun for anyone when we're in this spot. I know. And it's like, it's really frustrating when, and, and Nicole basically expresses as much on after party this week. She's like, and, and I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but like she even confirms that one of the most frustrating parts of being friends with both people in this couple is that they're actually way more on the same page and want more of the same things, but they don't say it to each other. They say it through friends, like, i.e. why Nicole is constantly, like, inserting herself because she's losing her mind knowing that they actually agree more than they don't, but, like, nobody will just get humble and direct coming from a loving place. They just won't do it with each other. Yeah. And so, and and I do, I have to say, I still think an argument could be made that Kirsten and the way that she behaved in that first two to four weeks of their relationship, she was so, there was, there was a lot of like mind games going on there. Yeah. And she was withholding emotionally in a big way. And I, I do think an argument could be made that that sort of like set the tone and put Shaquille in a place where now he's being a little bit, he's overly projecting on everything she does and says and doesn't do. He is starting to test her because he's almost setting her up to fail his tests. Like he's looking for the worst at this point because he got like a little bit hardened to like continually hitting her wall. You know, and then by the time like she's ready to do fucking spa day, he was already like kind of crumpled up at that point and like uh, had walls up to her now. Yeah. So now it's become a little more tit for tat and like. Uh, and then, of course, we have this like added information, which I would love a little bit of cred that. These two have been having sex already, and Shaquille confirmed an after party. They've been doing it since early in the marriage. Really? And Keisha went, I knew it. I knew it. There was a shift when everything got, like, way more emotional than was necessary for, like, the topics at hand. And it's because it was all so much more weighted because they were obviously behind closed doors doing the deed, which, of course, is, like, adding whole layers of tension to all this other crap that they've been dealing with on the surface. Not yeah. to mention that they've been bald face lying to everyone. Yeah. In these like heart to heart chats with peeps. But yeah, what what do you sorry, I like went on a rant assessment. No, I mean like what would you say about my assessment of them? 
I think it's correct. And once again, like, I'm sorry to keep harping on it. It's going to get harped on the rest of this time. But when you see things like these communication issues of them not telling each other what their needs and expectations are, but are going to other people and telling it. And right. it's very frustrating because we're hit in the head with like five, three, whatever, however many experts, motivational speakers, all this bullshit mm -hmm. with 10 freaking days left. And I don't, I'm like, we need a format change here because it's too late in the process. I know. Hearts have been hardened, people. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's, it's the so same across like, the board with everyone. I mean, yeah. Clint and Gina were never even, like, closely romantic with each other. They've been friends since day one. Yeah. Or trying to be friends since day one. But with Jasmine and Eris and with Kirsten and Shaquille... It's, it's like, where was the full court press in month one? That's when it should be. Yeah, not when you're, yeah, exactly. Not when you're at this such dire place yeah. and now bids have not been received. It's, it's just, it's too late in the game. Too little, too late. Too little, too late. I agree. So we open in this episode, though, with her FaceTiming Shaquille's mom. And she's basically asking if she, if mom has any insight, because obviously Shaquille got home from that Memphis trip from Memphis Gate, and he was very upset. We end up finding out that like this weekend was shittier than expected because he found out in the middle of the weekend that he wouldn't be graduating on time. Mm. And that was like very like kind of rocked him. Which I do feel like in retrospect, he's holding against her extra. And it's like, there is literally no way that either of you could have known yeah. that that would happen, bro. Like, come on. But anyway, so she's asking mom for insight. Mom is not mincing words. My, I'm, yeah. I'm not used to seeing a parent like be this forthright with one of the spouses. I don't know what's going on, but you need to be more supportive. <laughs> Just bluntly. I yeah. love it. I'm so here for it. <laughs> we'll have, and then Kirsten was like, well, I think I have been. And she's like, well, have you been there for him since? Like since the weekend? And she says, I think I have. And well, he's not feeling it. Even if you say you have like pretty intense. Yeah. Like I could see why one could think that maybe mom's overstepping. But it's also like Kirsten asked. Like Kirsten yeah. didn't have to call her. Yeah. At least we have some person related to this relationship who's speaking clearly and bluntly. Yeah. Okay. So now let's fast forward to the group date. They are like the primary characters in this time besides Jasmine and Eris. So everyone is. I mean, okay. This group hang, we'll just say it now and then it'll get referenced again later. It really kicks off with it coming out like what a bad time Jasmine is having. Yeah. And well, once again, we have ringleader Nicole here mm -hmm. really, really doing the most to facilitate this. Yeah, she is hang. the group facilitator. And she's basically like, you know, us girls were having alone time before. I don't. 
maybe she was talking about when they were at the thing that we saw the week before, like they were doing pottery or some shit. Um, they went to mixology when they were doing mixology. Yes, the mixology. So Jasmine had a breakdown and she's sick of being strong. She's over this, like of what we've been saying. Like this is what when you bottle for this long and repress your feelings for this long, it's got to come to a head at some point, And that's finally happening. And she, of course, felt much safer being honest about that with the girls. So it kind of gets brought to the group. And Nicole puts Eris on the spot. Like, you need to try harder. Like, yeah. if you want to be here, you need to try harder. And then it sort of segues into this bigger conversation with the whole group about how important it is to communicate and be honest with what you're struggling with. There's a few people in the group who have been affected by suicide. So like it goes to a dark place because yeah. of these people's experiences. The suffering with and silence. With yeah, is a big theme you, of this. When you lose someone that way, it's my it's like such an emphasizer of like, fuck, people are always going through something. And yeah, so this broader point is being discussed. And then Shaquille opens up and says, well, actually, like, I've been that guy before. And in so many words, basically says that he has struggled with suicidal thoughts and depression in the past and just opens up about that. And Nicole, basically, like, that would have been a window for Kirsten to show some verbal support. I don't. I don't have the perfect recollection if there was enough time, but I do feel like Eris and Nicole kind of confirmed in After Party that Nicole jumped in the way she did at this point because it was awkward that Kirsten wasn't saying anything. Yeah, this was an opportunity for Kirsten to jump in. And so Nicole jumps in and is just like, okay, well, I'll kind of like close up this circle since I started it. But I just want to thank you, Shaq, for sharing that with us and, like, remind you we are always here for you. And I know that Kirsten is, too, and there's nothing more important to her than, like, being supportive to you. And Kirsten, I know I'm speaking for you right now, but, like, I think you I think like I'm saying this because I know it to be true from our talks. And that was, uh, again, a moment for her to be like, uh huh. And she just goes. Sure. Literally, you can With say like almost shrug. anything else in this situation. Yeah. It was just not sufficient. And I understand, like, there's some later conversations that happen with Devon. Like, Shaquille can get nitpicky and, like, overly prescriptive and expectant of what he, what he wants Kirsten to say and how he wants to, to say it. But this is I get this like yeah. he was just insanely vulnerable he clearly has never shared that with her and he was sharing it with her and the group at the same time and for that to be all she has to give it almost felt like dismissive and bizarre so he storms out and she comes after him and he's just like I'm just upset like you had literally nothing to say to the point where like one of the other yeah wives- why is she speaking for you, right. essentially. And even in that, you couldn't even piggyback on it. Like, that's so, it makes you feel like an idiot. And, I mean, she's just very like, I'm so sorry. I didn't have a second to say anything. And I was like, okay, ma'am. 
I mean, you kind of did, but okay. And then we end up back at Memphis Gate because this shit <laughs> is haunting them. And she, it goes back, like, because I think for him, this is compounding on that because this is right after. And she's like, this. so then we're get, getting back into the fight itself. She's like, you should have said you wanted me there. He's like, I did. We talked about our accommodations. I was just so confused. So then they come back, though. They go back to the group. And announce that they have had sex. And then we find, yes, yes. Like, what is happening here? Right. This was the most, I think, depressing of all intercourse announcements I've heard on MAFs. <laughs> because of what it was coming off of, yeah. Yeah, just in general. Like, this late in the game, their relationship's hanging by a thread. We just had this little tiff outside, and now mm -hmm. here we are. Well, and it's, like, funny because... So she had said at the girls hang, she had been like, the girls were like prying with her about sex. And she basically goes like, does this coy little, well, I wouldn't turn him down if he, if he wanted to do blah, 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 blah. And then the girls are like, oh, so the girls think that this is like new information. And like, Nicole's like, they're trying to make it all light and happy now. And they're like, Kirsten. Have you told Shaq what you told us about, you know, if he just was assertive and maybe did some foreplay, you would be game? And then I think at that point, Shaq's probably like actually pissed low key. He's looking at her and he's going, have I been assertive, Kirsten? Oh, yeah. Would you say I've been assertive? And she was like, well, you just need to be assertive. Okay, well, then just be assertive. Well, then be assertive then. And then finally he's like, we consummated our marriage. And it was like everybody got excited. But and then it comes out. It was basically a while ago. So they've been like definitely keeping up a bit of a charade here. So that's that's it on the party on them. They didn't really have anything come up in the fateful line dancing. So then post party, we have this session with Devon. Mm -hmm. And like going into it, Shaquille is like, I don't, he is just, he's defeated. I feel like yeah. he's just over it. He's like. Well, it, it is worth mentioning in the prior week's episode, mm -hmm. there was a lot of talk about masculinity. Yeah. And she right. took a very, very, very long time to confirm, confirm that, she, yeah. that he's masculine. So by this point now, we have. His poor ego. Yeah, it's 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 smashed. You know, yeah. a week ago you're saying that he's you're, he's not masculine, or you're not answering fast enough to that question. And then this week we're at. Meanwhile, the, you were doing it the whole time, so that was actually exactly. a more loaded answer. Exactly. Now this time I'm talking about my struggles with mental health, and you're not saying anything again. Yeah. So it's like, what's going on here? Yeah, for sure. So going into this session, I mean, he's like, well, I don't know. We're never on the same page. Even when I think we're on the same page, we're not. It just like this is when they really explore the idea of unspoken expectations because he admits he just doesn't feel supported in this marriage. She really feels like she's making a conscious effort. And he he just he wants her to be invested and turned on like by his work and who he is at work 
it means a lot to him because I think it like it it's a big part of his personality, the work yeah. that he does. Not all jobs function that way in people's lives, but his very much does. Because it is service oriented, it is relationship oriented. Like it's it intertwines itself in a different way, I feel like, when you work in on like campus life like that, you know? Yeah. And he wants her to see that he is like the bee's knees in this environment and that like this is a big thing for him. And she's like, I have in in her mind, she has expressed interest. And then, you know, it comes it's but it's not in the way he would want. It's not enough. And yeah. like it's hard because I, I think I get what he means. And I also do think we are to the point where like the feedback he's it's almost like not even really helpful at this point. Like I don't know. Because I can see how she kind of feels like she can't win anymore. I agree. I agree 100%. And I'm trying to think back to previous episodes. I mean, he's we had the work trip that she was kind of like forced to go on before the honeymoon. Yeah. He brought the mentees over to the house yeah. for dinner. Um, she says she's checking in on his homework, asking how his presentation. She's like, I, I make a point every day to say, how did that? Yeah. That so I'm like either. So then we're wondering, is this too much of an ask? I'm wondering, is this like too much of an ask for someone? Mm-hmm. Or are you not being explicit enough with what you want? Because if it work means this much, then it should have been explicit from the very beginning. Hey, I want you to come on work trips with me. Every yeah. one of them, you know, I think that's asking a little too much, but yeah, every I, single one, I, but I, I don't know. I mean, do you get what I'm saying? He's yeah. either like not doing a good enough job asking, telling her what he yeah. needs or she's like not doing a good enough job of prob- meeting those. It's probably a little of both. Yeah. And I do think that. Because this isn't just in a vacuum. Again, I think that it's it's like almost like he's looking at her like, you've torn me down so many notches over the last six weeks, like my self-esteem. Yeah. That like you need to make up for that to make me feel sure that you even want me. Like almost like he kind of expects her to almost be doing extra right now to make up for him, like making him feel like crap. And that's the thing that, like, that would even be, like, a valid conversation to have. But if you're not being explicit and expressing it, then how the fuck is she supposed to know that? Yeah. It's just not fair. I don't feel great about them. Let's no, be honest. No, I don't. It's just, like, I feel like Ships he's passing weary. in the night. He's never really been happy in this. Yeah. And... I don't know. I just don't think they're the best match. Nope. I don't either. Okay. Eris and Jasmine. Let's do it. Okay. So obviously last episode, Dr. Pia came and Jasmine did express how frustrated and upset she was and how like she, she, I felt like she expressed more anger and just said like, I'm friend zoned. Like he doesn't even hug me. And the one thing I liked, because obviously they were st- like Pia's focus is supposed to be like sexual intimacy, but they're so far behind. I was glad that she didn't try to force anything like overtly sexual with them. 
And I was glad that she called Jasmine out for being overly agreeable. Yeah. That was a big thing. And like, it was nice to have an expert be like, you're being overly agreeable and that's actually hurting both of you. Yeah. And that is her ongoing issue, you know, and it's it would be totally unfair to like act like she's mainly responsible for why this relationship is where it is. But she's certainly with that. She owed it to both of them to be more transparent from the from the jump. There was a lot of opportunities thinking back to the first four weeks Mm -hmm. of this where, you know, because he he says, like, I want to be called out. I want to be called out, you know, and it's hard because during that time, everything was so heiress focused on what he's not doing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the never have I ever's and the month anniversaries. And I'm thinking about all these different times where I'm like, ah, if you just would have like, like lost your shit and said everything you really thought and felt in the moment. At the same time, as I'm jogging my memory at the same time, she was pretty upfront about the housewarming party and the cousin not coming. Yeah. And he yeah, igno- he, totally he ignored her there. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I receive his sentence with a grain of salt. Like, guys like you saying, I love to be called out. It's hot. Like, LOL. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. But... Like, what are you talking about? Some dominatrix fantasy? Like, we're talking about real life. Like, how does it really feel to you when a woman is like, do the no. laundry, bitch? Right. <laughs> so that's kind of like these. Uh, okay. The thing that really stands out to me is like, so we open, it's like a lot of emergency meetings for okay. this couple. I need to say the amount of therapy individually and couples wise that this couple receives in this episode is more than we've seen in the entire yeah. show put together. It yeah. is insane. It's a four alarm fire. They're bringing everyone in. Which to reiterate, this should have been happening day eight through 12. Yeah. You know? Yep. Like we could, could maybe, maybe possibly be talking about an entirely different couple if this intervention had happened back then. Mm-hmm. Again, feels like a big waste of our effing time at this point, people. But at least for the mere fact of Jasmine getting some outside validation and confirmation that she's not crazy, I'm glad that she did have some some experts just to talk to at this time. Yeah. So she meets with Devon, and this is when he really pushes her with, like, not sweeping things under the rug. Yes. Yeah. And she admits that she has this like complex that like her pain or trauma or whatever she's been through, if it doesn't sound on paper as bad as what he's been through, then she, it's like she's quantifying and qualifying her own life experiences. Mm-hmm. And because they're not like my dad got shot when I was four. She thinks like they don't count or aren't valid or aren't relevant or aren't worthy of deep conversation, which I'm like, ma'am, like all human experience is worthy of being discussed and no matter what. And like, I guess what it shows me is that there is a lot of work 
for her still to be done um, individually in therapy because like I think the next step in the self-love journey is like honoring all of your feelings and all of your past experiences and not like judging them or cutting them off or deciding that they don't count for some reason like they do they all made you who you are today and like just making those connections more like I mean she was bullied severely for three years and didn't tell anyone Mm -hmm. and like it was important that everyone like be happy at home or whatever like not talk about their big feelings or you know so you see where that comes from but I do hope for her through all of this that she realizes like the worst case scenario is not letting it all hang out. The worst case scenario is hiding it all and like fucking dying inside, you know? Yeah. So we talk about her instinct to shut down with him and he really tries to build her up and basically say what we're just saying. Um, He meets with Eris. Eris admits he's not putting in the right amount of effort, la, la, la. This is just like basic therapy stuff so that basic. is not interesting to watch at all. Yeah. Learning different definitions for the word attraction. And like, I'm just, I, I just, I could. Well, the stretching at this point. Because it, it's ridiculous. Bottom line, this man, he has boxed. It's so funny. He keeps talking about how in after party and everything. He keeps bringing up like, well, it got made a big deal and it made things awkward. And I'm like, and who did that, Eris? Fucking you. Yeah. On day what? When you're saying her ass isn't this and her blah isn't this. And she like, fuck you. You are why we are here. And I'm sick of him acting like it's just like an aberration. And yet we are here 12 days before this whole process is over. And he is, as much as he's saying it became a big thing and that took over, he's also sitting there saying the only reason that there's, like, nothing happening is because I just, no matter how hard I try, no matter how much I pull my teeth, I just can't be attracted to her. I'm sick of hearing him say it. It's bullshit. He's small-minded. But I'm also sick of the experts sitting across from him trying to, like, stretch some fucking bare minimum validation he gave her into that's kind of attraction, though, wouldn't you say? I know. know. Like, shut up. He doesn't think it is. So it doesn't fucking matter. Exactly. It's too late. Exactly. And even the whole, like, do you put in as much effort to your job as you do... Your marriage, mm-hmm. like all these, it's just like bullshit false equivalencies that it's too late for mm-hmm. and it's too basic and it's annoying. Yeah. Again, I think most of this stuff is relevant to Eris in the second week of this process. But now I'm just like, this is such a waste. So then we have the group hang and then we end up at line dancing after that intense group talk time. And it devolves. And we finally get a true, authentic, in the moment, Jasmine 
kind of like meltdown. I've had enough. And like, honestly, it was so fucking gratifying. Yeah. I was it was here for so it. gratifying. The funny part is zooming out. I actually do believe his account of it all. Like we watched it. And then to hear everybody talk about it again on after party, Shaquille confirms. He was like, oh, we were all saw the entire thing. And they were like, literally all of us, the second that girl, the dancer, started dancing with Eris, we all went, oh shit. And like, all saw her storm out, all looked at Eris and went, you go get her right now. And they were like, look, Eris is a terrible dancer. He was like flailing around the entire thing. He was totally useless. And that girl did walk up to him and like. Yeah, sure. Fine. Whatever. You're on thin ice already, dude. Exactly. And you know what? Let's not pretend. Just dodge it. Let's not pretend that this group activity is actually to teach you how to be an amazing line dancer. <laughs> the group activity is for you to dance with your wife and Period. the other couples. End of story. Yeah. I'm sorry that she was showing me a move. Okay, she might have been showing you a move. I don't care. Yeah. You got to redirect in that situation. Yeah. Immediately. So. Poor Jasmine. She's just, and for her, she's like, here I am on the sidelines. Every other couple is dancing with each other. I was waiting for Eris to get the memo and like clock my eye contact and be like, dance with me. This dumbass ends up dancing with the dance instructor. Like, screw it all. So it was very gratifying to just see her storm away and actually hear how she really feels about something. And he chased after her. Like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean anything. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever, Eris. Then we have emergency Dr. Pep session with them. Really earning her paycheck this week. <laughs> I know. So I thought that there was a lot of audacity on display when Eris starts by saying all the stuff that he needed to say that he said back with her at Jasmine after the thing. And then he was reiterating, like, I completely understand in the context of our relationship. Why? Da, 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 da. But, you know, in thinking about it more, I really don't like, you know, what a scene was made. I was like, OK, Eris, shut your mouth. No one cares. <laughs> Literally, all you've been saying is you want her to be real. You want her to shut up. Like, this is the equivalent of your family in this eight week process. Of all the people that she should be allowed to have a, like, weak moment of, like, letting all of it hang out, it's this group. Yeah. And, like, it's her fucking right to cause a scene. Do you know how many scenes could and maybe should have been caused up until this moment because of you? And let's not equate this. This is not turning over temples in the church here. <laughs> like she walks outside. Yeah. You know, like, come on, dude. She said like two things loudly. Okay, I'm done. And like one other thing. Yeah. And they were all looking for this because they know how on thin ice you already are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, gosh. Okay. This is what really kills me. And like low key, I thought about just going straight to this and not saying talking about any other details because of how irritated I am. Dr. Pepper puts them on the spot 
and gives them a fucking out. She says, do you guys want to end the marriage? Like, where are we at? Is there any hope or possibility here? Jasmine, of course, is sitting there, I guess, holding on to her her mission statement, which is, I have always been the one that wants this, and he is the deciding factor. I resent it a little bit at this point. I'm like, really? Like, that was that at this point? But maybe she really at this point was still holding on to a shred of hope, I guess. I don't understand how, but. I was shocked the relationship didn't end here. The fact that Eris, Eris, the most selfless thing you could have done in this moment was be fucking honest and say, I do not see this marriage continuing. And you literally said the fucking opposite. And it's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. You could have set her free right there because you know that she's still hanging on with any shred. And so it was your job to let her go be free and nurse her freaking wounds because like nothing's going to get better in the next 12 days. Well, we've developed a hugging and texting plan oh that really over the next if 10 days is going to. a hug to... in the morning, a hug at the end of the day, and, a, <laughs> and, and some texts. And some alarm sent texts, <laughs> then oh, this is going to be a yes, yes. The so low, yo. I can't. Okay. My mission next week is to talk about them the least. Okay. We'll see how it goes. Okay. Clint and Gina? Yeah. Clint and Gina. Um, <sighs> this is a pointless relationship. Yeah. This is an utterly pointless relationship. And I don't know what to do anymore with these two. It, it's just, it, it, it's the fact that we're allowed to be this amount of like friends and nothing is, I mean, you can tell the experts don't know what to do with this couple. Yeah. We got Dr. Pepper over here suggesting movies to watch driving miss daisy hold hands and watch driving miss daisy are you fucking kidding me that's insane to me i was baffled i'm like what are we what like how did this i have to say i thought it was like it it so caught me off guard i was like that is kind of a cute powerful exercise to give a couple to like watch something that's gonna like rock them and make them cry together but like this couple at this stage, I don't. It's insane. Jean is only in this for free meals because Clint <laughs> cooks every meal for her. At this point, she's like, oh, I'm going to go hang out with my girls at the salon. I'm going to get a pan seared salmon with a, a side of Brussels sprouts. It sounds amazing. Like this is a pointless couple. I know. So I'm like, I'm sort of I mean, I have thoughts. OK, give your thoughts. But... I just had to say this at the top. Yeah. Clint still hasn't gotten a haircut. Uh, last week. Right. It la- okay. finally got brought up. It last finally week. got brought up last week. And in the swag conversation. The swag conversation. I'm sorry. You do not. It's impossible for you to run regattas and not have some amount of swag. I disagree with Gina he said, on this. I've been quantified as the king of swag. Now that might. Your swag, if you will. Be a little bit of a stretch. That was so fucking funny, though. He really took that in stride. Like, he could have gotten butthurt about that. And he, like, turned it into a joke. 
I mean, yeah, last week we have them telling Pia, like, in the most blunt terms imaginable, we have absolutely 0% sexual desire for each other in every single way. <laughs> and, and, and like, advice last week was, like, Dr. Pia's advice last week was, uh, what kind of smells do you like? And it was, like, okay, fill the house with bouquets yes! of vanilla. <laughs> That's and, right. And put on some Marvin Gaye. He's like, and see what I happens. Just like vanilla scents. <laughs> <laughs> and they're both like, well, I don't know if a vanilla candle and da 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 is gonna fix it. Honestly, when they were debriefing and dying of laughter together about how she said he has no swag, that led to the haircut. This was last up. It was honestly like such strong best friend energy. That that was like the only part that's like a bummer to me because I'm like, I think everyone else can see that you guys are cute together and should be attracted to each other, but they're not. And like, there's literally, I, I don't, there's no way to force them to be, but it is crazy. I will say their friendship, like they genuinely really enjoy each other at this point. Yeah. I believe like, I think they really have fun together and like to shoot the shit. Like, I don't know. And that's what this is not a show about. I know. Platonic friendships. Exactly. Like, exactly. So then we have in this episode, Dr. Pepper's talks with them, you know, from the get go, you guys need to up the ante, start giving each other affirmations. He says he would, you know, a thoughtful act from her would mean a lot. Then she says, watch, some old movies that'll make you cry. She made them hold hands. And then she makes them say one true thing they haven't said to each other until now. And they like, I did think this was sweet for them. They gave each other like very nice affirmations. And then you end up finding out like they have not said anything like this to each other in the last month and a half. And they both, I will say, I felt like they were both emotionally impacted in the moment with both having to like find those words for the other person, but also hearing them. Because I think that there's been so much talk of what they're not to each other, but all the while this friendship has grown and grown and grown and the comfort level has grown. And there was like this moment where I almost feel like they were caught off guard by like, oh yeah, we haven't ever said what we appreciate about each other. And I actually appreciate all this stuff about you. But there's just, they're not going to last. Yeah. They're just not. And again, I say, it is a bummer. Because I think that they would be cute. Have we ever had this, uh, like so many couples that are so like far back in terms of like physical intimacy? Well, who else besides them? Oh, Eris and Eris Jasmine. and Jasmine. I mean, we lost one couple already. Yeah. Jasmine and Eris are not looking good. I mean, like I in years past, at least. People were it, there was at least some semblance of a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Jasmine and Eris aren't hugging. Clint no. and Gina haven't held hands mm-hmm. like. And one couple's gone. It's just kind of crazy to think like. Something's not working. Yeah. If if Severe. if the physical if there's like this little of physical attraction going on here. Yeah. 
anyway. And then last but not least, we have Nicole and Chris. Our big things are just like this process is like the main themes for them is like they're fucking killing it. And in general, and Nicole is having a lot of emotional stuff come up for her that she didn't expect Mm -hmm. on this journey. And, you know, people be bitches online. I'm telling you, people are so mean on Facebook. And like, I do feel like some people are like, yeah, it's too much trauma. Nicole. And I'm just like, shut your mouth. Like, the point is that this couple has actually achieved something that everybody else wants, which is such a safety and security at such an early stage that she can actually speak freely in real time to her partner as this stuff is coming up. And it isn't the end of the world. It's all it's doing is helping him to know her better. Yeah. And like, this is, it's not like, you know, there's totally times where I'm like, oh, Nicole, you know, like her newest fixation that he didn't pick her technically. Yeah. Like, and you're just like, Nicole, stop. And yet we have all been Nicole. Okay. And like, the truth is a lot of people just don't feel comfortable cluing their partner in, especially this early on to all of that fucked up inner dialogue that's going on. Mm -hmm. And so it can create a distance there, you know, the opposite extreme being like a Jasmine and Eris. And so I think it's really, really beautiful that, okay, stuff is coming up as it's, bound to in any new relationship once when you have baggage in your life aka you're an adult human being and i just think like the ultimate hope is that like you're with someone who is safe enough so that like as this shit comes up which usually of course is like more common in the early time like the first year in regular life and they work through each time together and every time he knows her better every time his validation and the way he hears her and holds space for her, every time he does that, she gets a positive confirmation that indeed he really does want to be here. And what that's doing is building her confidence as well. And I guarantee you that like they won't be having this many conversations like these, even in six months, let alone a year from now. Yeah, It's just like par for the course in this early time. And if you're willing to go deep and get real, this is what's underneath. Exactly. Everybody's got different versions of this, you know? So I find people like hemming and hawing. I'm like about Nicole's openness, just very boring and tired. And like, look, they don't have catastrophic conflict to deal with. So this is actually, this is more like real life shit that more of us could relate to than much else that these couples are experiencing together, you know? So good on you, Nicole and Chris, for creating that safe space for her. And I know that like all of these things that they will work through them and loved the lingerie confidence building trip. Nicole, go you. All of these are things that are like there's presumptions made that us women are all supposed to be a certain level of comfortable with this kind of shit. And it's not true and like you have to push yourself every time and i think that it's really impressive and cool that she's willing to like share that on tv um 
because I certainly wouldn't want to. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, and then we get our I love you. Yes, we do. Which it I had to like double take that it was indeed the first time because this couple has so obviously been in love with each other since like week, I would say one, truly. I'm so curious in retrospect how he would. Where he would place it. Yeah, what he would say was the truth now. Uh, But like, yeah, I was like, wait, that was the first time, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Because it feels like, of course, they already love each other. But yeah, that was with Pastor Cal. That was very sweet. They're great. Yeah. We do have to talk about what Chris was wearing at the beginning of this episode. Oh, the camo. It was a lot. It was a Starburst Galaxy Supernova meets (laughs) camo. It was a lot going on in that tank top short combo. (laughs) Combo. Yeah. Indeed. That's all I have to say. Indeed. Are you ready for my power rankings? Yes. Okay. I feel pretty like this is pretty nailed down. Okay. Are no chances in hell are Jasmine and Eris and Clinton Gina. Correct. Our pretenders are Kirsten and Shaq. Mm-hmm. And our one only true contenders are Nicole and Chris. Sounds right. Thank you. We nailed down the model. Yeah. I don't see that changing much. Yeah, me neither. Well, it could be locked in. Unless we get a no chance in hell, like unless Shaq and Kirsten some like just fall down. I don't think anyone's breaking out of the no chance in hell. I would be massively shocked. I would be shocked too. Okay, next week is couples retreat. Thank God. Thank God. It's gonna be fun. Let's let's have some like unnecessary produced drama with just that a bunch of adults living in a house together with alcohol. Yeah. And I'm give me some that. activities that I can break down. Shit's getting too serious. Yeah. It's like too serious, too boring. So couples retreat is going to keep it interesting. People We're going to have gonna some, get us over the hump. We're going to have some laughs next week. Yeah, we are. We're going to do some LOLing. We hope you guys have an amazing weekend. Find us on Instagram. We'll have some polls and some stuff up this weekend. We'll, we'll be active again. And subscribe if you haven't already on all the things share us with your friends and we will talk to you next week bye bye